Hey there. I don't normally put episodes out on the weekends, uh, but uh, here we are. <laughs> and I think given um, given the climate of things, last couple of days there's there's been some stuff that's come out with uh, Andrew Tate. And I think it actually gives us a chance to talk about a widespread issue that isn't something that's just that, – that is impacting men. It's impacting everybody, men, women, whatever you, you know, whatever you identify as. There's, there's a large group of, of, of folks that are struggling with identity, struggling with genuine confidence amongst themselves, and are struggling with, with influence. Okay. So, you know, my, my whole thought when it comes to this stuff with Andrew Tate is if you're trafficking people and there's evidence of this happening, you get what you get. You're dealing with the the consequences of your own decisions is, is what that is. Now, I don't I'm, – I'm not an Andrew Tate fanboy. From a marketing side, I see some very interesting things from how he's been positioned. Um, I think he has a very absolute point of view, which as we know, no matter what your belief is, if you are putting out – at least putting out a message. I don't know if this is his actual belief in his day-to-day life, but if the messages that you're putting out are, are from an absolute side of things – they're going to cut through all the noise and the chatter that we have. We, we, talk, we look at how communication is done in today's world and there's so much noise, there's so much chatter that if you're going to cut through the, the most noise you can make is to have an absolute point of view, regardless of what we're talking about. If we're talking about politics, if we're talking about relationships, that's what makes the most noise to the masses. And part of the reason for that is the masses have not figured out their identity. They're clamoring. It's a very tough thing because we live in a time where people were never really taught to find themselves and have an individual identity, I think, in many cases anyway. And then we have gotten dumped into this world of a constant stream of information and and it doesn't take long before the industries the companies the brands start trying to tell us and then the individuals the influencers start trying to tell us what it is that we're supposed to be we've got our identities and our stereotypes that were that 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 defines success so people there's always going to be people telling us what we should aspire to. So if we don't have identity, then we lose confidence. How can we actually embrace, accept, challenge, and love who we are if we don't have our identity? And I mentioned influence on this. Influence is power, and we live in a society right now especially 
where if you have influence and you have clout, you are put on a pedestal by somebody. So you have people that don't know who they are. You have people that don't, which in consequence leads to them not believing in themselves who ultimately wish that they had some form of influence. Because if they're influential, that's going to help them with their identity. And then if they identify with that, it's going to help them build what they would consider confidence, but it's not really. It's very shaky, right? So there's a lot to unpack when you look at this. And again, this is men, women, whoever or whatever you identify as. This hits everybody. But let's talk about this from the guy's perspective. And I'm going to talk about it from the guy's perspective because I am a guy. I've had a number of conversations with men around mental health, which ties into all of this. Who are we as people? How well do we actually feel about ourselves? And how do we navigate this world where influence is a real thing? And I can tell you, the brand of being a man and the traditional masculine view of things was imprinted on the vast majority of us. I know in my generation and I think on the generations after and I know for the generations before. You were to be strong. You were to be responsible for everyone tied to you. You were not to ever complain about it. You were not to ever express how you felt about it. Feelings were not even something that you acknowledged. I get all this. But I think what we have found is that, one, you've got to acknowledge as people, we all have emotions. But the first step for a lot of people is actually being able to feel those. You've got to feel them first, then you've got to be able to acknowledge them and then figure out how you're going to express them. And can you express them in a constructive, beneficial way? Might be beneficial to other people, but is absolutely very much beneficial to you. But these identities, these stereotypes, people will blame society. Society is part of it. But I'm, I'm telling you. The influence of industries and brands and the way things have been marketed to us are very powerful. And what has actually been the, I, I, I think what's been very eye-opening for me is if you were figuring out who you are as an individual, true strength is being able to Look at these characteristics of what has made up a man. What was traditionally thought of softer characteristics that made up a, a woman or whatever. You know, if we're looking at just these two. Picking and choosing those absolute characteristics from both sides that make up you as an individual. Oh, and then the other really neat stuff is the gray area between the two. These other characteristics that aren't absolutes, but, but are you as a person. And then when you start mixing these, you're not worried as much as identifying as whatever you identify as. You're identifying 
you know, from a gender standpoint, you're identifying with who you are as a person. Because if you think about it, there's people that have stood out that have embodied both. They don't really fit in one particular category or there's somebody that fits in a mold for something. But they have these other characteristics that um, that play into it. Now, I'm going to give you two examples of public personas. And I say personas because, see, what we put out for everybody to observe, it's an extension of ourself, but it's certain aspects of us. And those aspects are, are heightened or accentuated or amped up, whatever you want to call it, for public consumption. Because again, being absolute on something is going to cut through and garner more attention than being the toned down version. But we'll get into the toned down version because that's who you actually are as a person in your day-to-day life. But the two people that I think of, and these are both folks that were prominent in the 70s and 80s are Freddie Mercury, lead singer of Queen. You could absolutely say this about many of the rock stars, especially the ones that were were popular then, that would go between. They, they had the masculine presence, the confidence. This, this is what a lot of people wish then they crave that they had. They wish that they had the belief in themselves the charisma to genuinely influence and and take charge, whether it's in a room, whether it's in a venue. And this is a very amped up when we're talking about a performer like this. But there were very masculine parts to this character that he was portraying publicly. And there were some very feminine ones as well. And I use Freddie Mercury as the example because when I came across him when I was 10 years old and Wayne's World came out, which had Bohemian Rhapsody in it, I then did a deep dive in the entire Queen catalog, music-wise. And it's still some of my favorite stuff to listen to. And I'm fascinated on just the the, um, aspects of how he carried himself professionally. I've since watched quite a few documentaries and you see how much of a private person he was. And that's something we'll get into in this episode as well is, you know, you you have to be able to put boundaries up between the world and you as an individual. But that was the one, that was one example of a mix of masculine and feminine traits and then a bunch of stuff in the gray area that was blended together. The other one from the world of sports um, is if you think about it as somebody that was very successful as a coach and a leader, but was also very emotional. It's a very strong, tough guy that apparently, you know, and this is football coach Dick Vermeil. And everything you hear, I mean, he, the, the fascinating thing for him is at least in the, in the NFL, which is what I'm familiar with with him. The teams that he took over were 
absolutely at the bottom of the barrel when he got to them. I'm thinking of the Eagles and Rams and probably I, the Chiefs. When he took over that Chiefs job, I don't know if they were as dire. I, I can't remember. But I know the Rams and I know the Eagles. When he took over, they needed a culture change. And this is a guy that would run super hard practices, multiple practices a day, and demanded so much from his players and got them to buy in eventually in a multi-year process to become champions. And he got a lot out of these teams. He put so much of himself into this that he actually retired after getting the Eagles to the Super Bowl because he had had burned himself out. But if you think about this, in in late 70s and early 80s NFL, American football, one of the most masculine pastimes you can think of, here's this guy that is, is demanding so much of so many people, yet he'd have a press conference and he'd be crying because he's so emotional about this. This, this guy was, was I, I mean, emotion just oozes from him. And you'd see him with his players and you'd see the hugs. You'd see him crying. They're all crying. This is somebody that was, was had, had a very, I mean, was very tough, was very strong, was, was very specific on what it is that he wanted from his players but also cared for them at such an emotional level and was so outward at expressing it that a lot of people, I'm sure, at the time looked at him as, man, this guy's like, he's, he's too soft, but he's not too soft. He's a com- like, he was a combination of both, of strength and softness. And, I, and, and again, I'm talking a lot about the stuff for men right now because that's what I know. There are cases of this for, there are tons of women out there that are a combination of strength and softness and everything in between that have mixed everything up for their own individual personality. They know their identity, which leads to that second part, which is actually having the confidence for who you are as a person, the genuine confidence, the awareness, the acceptance the ability to hold yourself accountable, but ultimately at the end of the day, loving yourself for who you are. And, know, and, and again, the first part of that is knowing who you are, which is something a lot of people are struggling with. Now, the reality of it is, is so much of this stuff that you see about these absolute views is that People have had individuals in their life that have told them and shown them that certain aspects are what they need to aspire to and live up to. I've mentioned the tradition, like the traditional masculine point of view, the traditional feminine thing. And then there's like the checklist of things through life, right? The life events. Get the career, provide all this. Get the family, provide all this. Check the box. 
So identity then can get wrapped up in like just checking the box and being productive and, and having this wonderful, quote unquote, wonderful life to the outside. Now, the thing is, is us as individuals, we got a lot of pain. We've got a lot of stuff that we deal with. We're trying to figure out who we are as people. And one thing that we don't really fully understand until we start to deal with it, start to really see it happen in our own life, is that people come and go. And the, and the thing is, is you don't really know how long somebody's going to be in your life. Some people are there for brief interactions. Some people are there for a season, a couple of seasons, short time, long time. Some people are there for your lifetime. And some people come out and you know, in and out at various times. Some people, they're there for one time and that you learn from that situation and you're like, you know what? I learned what I needed to learn. And you're done. And sometimes those are the people that you were connected with for a really long time. But until you experience life and how life changes and how life is sudden, that in itself is a lesson. And the other thing, and this is what's popular now because of these absolute beliefs, you'll see on social media, TikTok's really bad for this. All of them now because they all do like the reels and stuff with absolute points of view. Just being inundated with messaging that's 15 seconds, 60 seconds, three minutes long that has to be absolute to garner attention. So people will come on there and they're going to tell you every, every aspect of life. This is what your career needs to be like. This is what your, your, your romantic relationship needs to look like. This is what your friends group needs to look like. This is what you need to be. And you have all these people trying to clamor for identity. Now, the thing you got to be careful of is what you see on social media is, is an absolute point of view is absolutely incorrect. Are there people out there that live in this, uh, that act this way and live in this absolute way? Yeah, because they don't really know who they are. Or they've taken the most extreme points of view of themselves and the people that they have interacted with and just say that this is how life is. So are there, you know, you see this a lot with the dating. You have... You know, men blaming all women. You have women blaming all men. And it's like, if you are continuing, and again, these people exist. You have people that are going to take advantage of you. You have people that aren't going to, um, you know, follow through on the things that they said that they were going to do. This isn't all people, though. And if you continue to run into these same types of people and you're putting the same types of effort into these people... At some point, you have to be like, well, okay, at, 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 I'm choosing this. And the personal accountability is something that is, is lacked. But actually, I think is the greatest freedom. When we can take a step back and look at this and be like, yo, I'm choosing this. These people are acting the way that they are, but I'm choosing it. And I bring this up about the relationships because so much of the stuff I've seen, not necessarily the messages that I've seen from Andrew Tate, but in his comments, 
it's a lot of blaming all women. But by the way, and I'll tell you because I see it on TikTok, there's all kinds of accounts where women are blaming all men. Have you noticed how many people are called narcissists now? (laughs) I don't want to stress. There are absolutely people out there that have no regard for other people's feelings, that suck the energy out of them, get what it is that they want, and leave these people gaslit and confused. Those people exist. They do. And they're trying to figure out who they are as people, by the way. And you don't excuse, like, it's a very fascinating thing because I think you, you, you learn why somebody is doing what they do. It's that saying, right? Of like people have, there's a struggle that's going on with people that you know nothing about. Internally, they're probably at war with themselves. Same side, though does not give them license to take advantage of you. So understand, but hold your ground, right? But part of holding your ground is, again, realizing that you have chose part of this. It's very empowering. You can decide to start choosing differently. And this actually ultimately comes back to, again, what's your identity? How do you see yourself? And then what do you genuinely believe for yourself? But you can chalk up the people that have access to you and to the level of access that they have to you based on what you have set that price to be. At some point, you probably allowed people to run roughshod on you. You probably were the people pleaser that that didn't, that, that saw other people's wants and needs over your own. But as you've gone through, you've probably decided, hey, you know what? I'm feeling tired of this. I'm going to set the price, which you always had the power to do, but you didn't understand that this was something that you actually had the power to do. But now you do. So this is not a matter of, well, this is how all men and women act. It's a matter of whatever reason I've been drawn to these people and I've allowed them to act the way that they have. It's not that all people are like that. I found a ton of people that are acting like this, but I'm no longer allowing this to be what I choose. I'm choosing myself. I'm getting clearly defined on what it takes to have access to me and the price has gone up. So whatever surface level stuff that has been offered is no longer acceptable. And the surface level thing, when you get into any and all of this, the stuff you see on social media is surface level. The vast majority of it. So when you start seeing these absolutes, it's surface level. There's a reason underneath as to why things are the way they are. But the the one that I care about, it's not for you to dig in deeper to see why somebody does something so you can excuse crappy behavior. It's digging in deeper to see, okay, what is it that I've accepted here that is no longer acceptable? Your job is not to call out all men or all women or any of that. Your job is to figure out, what kind of people do I want in my life? 
which getting back to our confidence conversation, this is where the persona gets put to the side. And underneath that persona, you have you as the person. Your persona is absolutely you. It is an amped up version of you. If there are 12 to 15 qualities of you as a person, this might only be four or five of them. It doesn't mean that you're inauthentic. You are being authentic with what you're sharing online. You are just choosing the parts of your life that you're sharing. It's very empowering because not everybody needs to know everything about you. Think about that. You know that when there, there are oversharers online, you're like, shit, why are they sharing that? <laughs> right? You've thought that. I know you have. But you got to know who you are as a person and what you value. And then you start looking at what types of people do I want to allow in my life? What does it cost to access me? Who is it that I'm going to allow that access to? And it's like a tiered system. Now, I believe you're going to have one person that's closer to you than everybody else. And then you have, you can have an inner circle of people that are really close to you as well. And then it goes out from there. Now, your inner circle, here's the interesting thing. Your tribe, which are people that probably identify with your outward persona, have a lot of the same core beliefs or they aspire, right? So a lot of these people, you know, they, they're aspiring. It's a lot of what goes on with Tate, right? There's these outward things that are being pushed out and people are like, yeah, this is me, this is me. Those are his tribe. You have your tribe based on what your persona is. But just because somebody's in your tribe doesn't mean they get to be in your inner circle. You set who has access to you. That's a beautiful and that's an empowering thing. And your attributes as a person, again, if there's 12 to 15 of them, not everybody gets to see those. Not everybody has the privilege of getting to know you or getting to be that close to you. And those privileges change over time. Again, people are going to be in and out of your life to varying capacities. And for, for various lengths of time. And things always change. But those people that are going to be you know, closest to you are the ones that keep gravitating in through various points. And you don't hold this personally against people. It's just the way that things are. They're trying to live their life, right? They're trying to do what's best for them. You're trying to do what's best for you. <clears throat> but you're not blaming everybody for you not being happy in your life. You have to figure out your way to go about and do this stuff. And it's hard, and we all have to do it. That's an ongoing thing. It's one of these things that when you work at it, it's a lifelong pursuit. And we talk about that. We talk about how uh, those lifelong pursuits of the really important things just continue on. So the third part of this, influence. Let's talk about this. People want to put names to this. Alpha, right? Leader. If you're truly someone that leads or somebody that has influence, you don't have to shout it out. You don't have to tell people that you're in charge. 
And that's the funniest thing to me. If everybody, and again, it's men and women and everybody, if you're striving for this power position, you're leading yourself. You don't have somebody else. Whether that's Andrew Tate, Jordan Peterson, Rachel Hollis. whoever the popular alpha or boss babe at the time is. Now, you take these public personas that you see and you take the bits and pieces out of their personality and see how it meshes with you and what you truly want in life, which again, this is an awareness exercise that a lot of people have not done yet. But you figure out who you are as an individual. And when you get at your court, like, do you... Honestly, are you honestly wanting something bigger than yourself? Are you wanting something where you're going to lead? Because there's other aspects of leadership that aren't nearly as glamorous. Because you will then put the needs of others ahead of your own. Well, you better as a person be confident enough in who you are to where you're not in a situation where you're people-pleasing. The intent as to why you're doing something matters. I think when we get down to the core, this true tip top of the mountain, alpha leadership, whatever you want to call it, isn't for everybody. But the people that it is for aren't shouting about it. And they're not calling for everybody else to, you know, be an alpha or be the leader. Because in that case, you're, you're, you're just, you're using the title, the title of leader, but you're just amongst the masses of people that are trying to be like somebody else or having somebody else tell them exactly how to be. It's not leadership. Everybody wants to be respected. Or most people. <laughs> Aspire to have others respect them or to have influence. You can't demand that from people. That comes out in how you are as a person. If how you handle things is a way that's going to leave people respecting you, they'll respect you. You can't demand. You can't try to press authority on them just because of a role. This works in all areas. Job title, doesn't matter what your job title is. I mean, people can work for you, but they don't have to respect you. Title of parent. The kids don't have to respect you as they get older. You get to that age where just telling them to do it because you said so isn't going to work. I got to figure out who they are too, right? So I think when we get to this, when we talk about influence, we have to figure out who we are. And influence, again, influence has turned into a very surface level thing to where someone talks in a very absolute way and other people are like, I want to be like that person. 
Yes, they're saying all the things that I've always felt. Have you really always felt that way? And do you still, do you still feel that way when you look at your career, your relationships, your life, and take accountability for your role and the choices that you've made? Now, I've told you professionally, I'm in transition right now. At this moment of recording this, there's a lot of things that I've figured out about not only my, my work history and career choices, but who I am as a person and how I show up for other people and how other people show up for me. It's been a very fascinating learning experience. But for the first time in my life, I feel like I'm really being myself fully in all areas. And a lot of that online persona that I've had out for for years, again, that ties into who I am as a person. But there's a deeper level to that. And that's coming from how I view myself, and that comes from the people that are closest to me in my life. But again, we set the price. But before we can set the price on what it takes to access us and, to, and we have to figure out who we are and who we want to be. Yes to others and yes to the world at large, but who do we want to be to ourselves? There's a lot of introspection on this. And that's what I want for you when we talk about these topics. I want you to figure out who you are. Because you are an individual. You, again, are a mix of the stereotypes. In this case, again, what we're talking about... Um, you know, the genders of, of these absolute characteristics, but then there's the gray area characteristics. You are a mix that makes up you, and that is beautiful. I just want you to figure out who you are as a person. And when you're able to figure that out, then the accountability piece of it, of taking responsibility for your own part of it, I, I feel will naturally fall into place. But I do want to hear your thoughts on this, so definitely let me know. Head to DarylPerryPodcast.com right now. You can hit me up on social. Instagram is the best place to do that. You can email me. You can text me. Whatever's easiest for you. Thank you as always for listening, and I will talk to you again real soon.